Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Jenny Davis, Quickest way to innovate is to take lessons from one world and apply them in another. That's something we in marketing do all the time. Jenny took it to a whole nother level. She was the fastest woman in Scottish sprint cycling. Then as a Commonwealth Games medalist, she understands what it takes to plan, train, compete, and thrive both on and off the track. So using the principles that drove her success, she's led continuous improvement programs and change management for teams as small as five, all the way up to business units of 1,500. Jenny takes what she learned in excelling in sports to help entrepreneurs and business leaders lead their teams through crisis and change, to stop the constant firefighting, high stress and high emotion, the running around like headless chickens feeling in their teams, business and personal lives. Instead, she helps them gain calm and control for their teams, business and personal lives by taking those core sporting principles and applying them to business. I'm super excited for this. Jenny, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Really pleased to be here. And hopefully I'll have some good stories and insights to share with your listeners today. I am absolutely certain that you do. Let's go back in time a little bit because before you were helping entrepreneurs, obviously you were excelling on the global level at sports. What inspired you? What made you want to become the fastest woman in Scottish sprint cycling? And what does that mean? Um, so it, my, the start of my journey really wasn't in track cycling at all. Um, I had a longer career as a judo athlete for Team GB in Scotland um, through my youths and juniors and found myself in my last year at uni. I took some time off sport. Um, just to make sure I got a a good honours degree at University in Edinburgh and um, ended up on a talent transfer programme into the track cycling um, world on the velodromes, um, if any of your listeners have seen that at the Olympics. So um, it wasn't my initial goal. I think I always had um, aspirations to be right at the very top of I guess whatever sport I ended up um, ended up doing, I just was lucky enough to to be able to compete at a world level across two very very different sports um, that brought very different challenges. But the principles of making improvements and progression through those is the same across both judo and track cycling. And then again, 
translated into business. The principles are exactly the same. So, Sure. So judo, being a martial art and sport, sprint cycling, riding a bike as fast as humanly possible, two very, very different muscle groups, different yeah. men, different techniques, different things to do. Um, talk a little bit real quick before we get into the business side about when you were approached about making that change from, let's say, judo to sprint cycling. What goes through your mind at that, considering you were already quite a high-level competitor in the judo martial arts world? Um, so my first, to be honest, my first thoughts were I wasn't really interested. Um, I had a strength conditioning coach who um, kind of saw, he was working with multiple athletes across different sports, and he saw a little bit of a parallel between um, what I was able to produce in the gym compared to some of the other track cyclists that he was working with. So um, he harassed me <laughs> for many, many months. And um, I went down to the velodrome in Edinburgh, which was an outdoor one at the time, and had a look. And to be honest, had a bit of a freak out because you don't just get on the bike. There's the whole mechanics that sit behind it. Um, there's so much going on in the track center, never mind on the velodrome themselves. So it was pretty daunting, um, but he kind of continued. And in the end, uh, him and I did a deal. So we shook in it and I said, I would give track cycling a try if he would sort out his damn love life. And we shook okay. it. <laughs> and um, I think would have been six or seven years later, both of us were sitting in the Commonwealth Games village canteen. Um, he was married and had a new little baby girl, and I was racing for Team Scotland at Glasgow against the reigning Olympic champion. So um, it was a good end to the story for that journey. That is absolutely incredible. So then now we're recording this during the height of the COVID corona pandemic. How do you, what are some of the, because obviously you've gone through tremendous change in your own life. How are, how do some of those principles, what are some of those principles that you use to excel on a global level at sports and switch sports? How do those help us lead our teams through the current crisis and the constant change that's going on now when we're all, you know, working remotely and not sure what's happening when? Yeah, sure. It's a, it's a really good question. Um, so I think is it, what, what always kept me on the straight and narrow was being really clear about what was, what was important, what, were the, what was the overall vision and the purpose, um, what were the goals and what did I need to, to do in terms of backward engineering um, my plans and actions and behaviours every day to get to those. So obviously in the current crisis, some people's um, purpose and goals will be the same and it's just they need to be able to flex their plans and um, try and flex around working remotely and doing things through Zoom, dealing with kids in the background or dogs running around, um, lots of distractions. So I think distraction control is really good, um, being aware of um, the surroundings and the environment that you have. So I've got a partner and pets in the background, but I was really clear this podcast interview is obviously important. I want to share the best value that I can with your listeners. So I've got a little hanger on the back of the door saying recording in progress, like a proper recording Love studio. It. I've got one of those too. Do not disturb. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I've, you know, I've just created an environment that's helped me um, 
you know, really focus for the, the prime time that I need um, for today. So I think being really clear about what, what you're there to do, what are the priorities, um, you, you just, you know, nowadays, I think businesses over the next 10 years, the ones that are going to be most successful are those that can be agile and flex around these kinds of things that's happening. So it, it might mean that companies and business owners need to change their business models to be able to adapt to things like that. So the other, the other thing I would say is, you know, there's lots of chaos. And I know you said earlier, like headless, headless chicken syndrome. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, crazy. So I think in these times is really, really important to be able to just stop and pause and take a breath and think and be smart. Um, in the military, they call it a strategic pause. And sometimes they do that for, for days and weeks after their latest deployment so that they can do lessons learned and be smart and look at what's happened in the past and make sure that they plan right for the future. So I think if people have got um, big challenges, they need to give themselves some headspace. Um, and whatever, we, whatever form that takes, for some people it's um, spending time in nature, some people it's knocking, knocking it out of a boxing bag in the boxing ring, others it's spending time with family and friends. So it'll be different for everyone, awareness of how you do that and really trying to create time to give you headspace to then make the smart decisions, which which then lays the foundation for everything that you do. Absolutely, I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, you talk about something named for classic literature, the Beowulf effect, which was you know an epic poem I read in undergrad. So what is the Beowulf effect and how do we use it to stop putting out fires? Sure, great question. I love the Beowulf tale. Um, so for those, of the, for those listeners who don't know, um, there was a monster um, back in the Norse, um, this was written in ancient days of English literature, and um, Viking days, there was a monster called Grendel, who was ransacking a, a um, village out in the hills. And it was destroying all of the buildings and killing some of the villagers and so on. So there was a consultant um, called Beowulf who was, who was um, pulled in to try and kill Grendel. And, uh, you know, he, he battled it when Grendel appeared and all was good and everyone was happy. But what happened in that story was what was even worse than Grendel was Grendel's mother who crept out the mountains and continued to um, cause absolute carnage, even worse now because her child had been killed. Um, she went down into the mountains and Beowulf followed her and had to dive deep into the swamp and eventually um, found the tools that he needed to destroy Grendel's mother and that's the tale finished. And I think the, there's a, a brilliant lesson in that, in that initially that village and the, the leader of the village thought that the problem was Grendel. And they, when, the, when Grendel was slayed, it was all done. But actually the root cause of it was something completely different. It was Grendel's mother and Beowulf had to go in and find a way to, to solve the root cause of the problem. So. Quite often um, when leaders and um, entrepreneurs 
have chaos and firefighting. There's a little bit of band-aiding that goes on and just pushing things aside to try and create some time and get rid of the fire in that moment. But to, to get true transformation, that fire needs to be put out completely and never come back again. So the Beowulf effect is about fixing the root cause of a problem um, and making sure that it never comes back again. And that means you can be proactive and look at other parts of your business and not have to keep coming back to um, maybe backlogs or customer complaints um, or some maybe the issues are related to P&L and profit and loss in the financial part of your, your business. So it's all about just going a little bit deeper and asking what is the problem and why is it, why is this a problem at its root and getting rid of it right first time and then you don't need to deal with it again. That's a great example. Now, another one that you have is part of British Cycling's transformation. Um, talk a little bit about how they went from laughing stock to world domination and lessons we as entrepreneurs can apply to our business. Sure. So there's a couple of key parts for British cycling. Um, Mid-90s, they literally were the laughing stock of the cycling world. And um, through 2008, at uh, which Olympics? Beijing Olympics, London Olympics, the four years after, and Rio four years after that, plus the Tour de France, they absolutely wiped the floor with everyone. Um, and our up until the last year or so, 100% top cycling nation in the world. So their transformation kind of came from, from three or four main principles. And the first one was their board in the, the mid-90s decided they got crystal clear about what they wanted to achieve, that they wanted to be the top cycling nation. And I mean attention to detail. So they were sitting in the boardroom talking about what was, what was the design of the skin suits going to look like? Because that was going to be their new brand that they wanted to show off. And then they, um, once they were really clear with detail about what they wanted to achieve, they got really clear about what, what was it going to take to do that. So they had a small amount of really, really big decisions that would give them a big bang for their buck. So they brought in the right experts and across full industry, so um, sprint and endurance experts. They had um, psychologists and doctors cross industry. They were working with people like Formula One in the wind tunnels. And um, the other really famous concept that they had, so they did 80-20, which was top down, small amount of decisions that will give them the biggest bang for their buck. And then in sprint cycling, the margin of error, the difference between gold and silver is absolutely tiny. We're talking like one one hundredth of a second, which is less than a blink of an eye. So they also popularized something called the marginal gains principle, which is where you take um, a situation and you break it down and look at all the things that can impact the performance of that situation. And if you improve each thing by 1%, when you bulk it all back together, compound effect, it becomes a big gain. So they did, you know, they've used 80-20 top down. So the really important decisions, they got bang on. 
And then everyone in the organization did marginal gains bottom up to try and improve every tiny little bit of their performance. And I used that in my career. So um, I knew, for example, Delhi Commonwealth Games, you know, Scotland average temperatures are like 15, 16 degrees, maybe 20s in the summer. In Delhi, we're talking mid to high 30s. Um, very different climate for me to race and, and sleep in and recover. So I had I took special sheets um, and pillowcases that would keep me cool when I when I had to rest and recover. I had a jet lag plan, so I didn't get jet lagged when I went out. Uh, everyone else in Team Scotland went to sleep at exactly the wrong time when we arrived on the first day, and I dragged my teammate out, my team sprint partner out, and said, we are not sleeping for another three hours, and we followed the plan. And our performance probably amongst other things, but our performance was the best one in the squad that, that, at that championships. And a lot of it was just attention to detail. So um, that, that's the three main ones. And then, so 80-20, um, knowing what their goal and vision is and marginal gains, which is bottom up, which lots of businesses can use. Everyone can get involved. Um, and then they had... Uh, they were also, you know, attention to detail, as I said, was really important for them. And I guess for British Cycling, you know, they don't stop. It's relentless. They just keep going. Even if they fail, they're really clear about what are their priorities and they put all their time and energy and money into that down to the finest detail. I think that's the difference. And that's where lots of entrepreneurs and businesses, if they raise the standard of what they were doing and really use some of these principles, the difference for customers and profit margins would be absolutely massive. It just takes a little bit of courage to go and to go for it and do it and and test it and see what happens. Absolutely. What are you don't have to disclose any names if they're confidential, but what are some of the examples of like the magical transformation that applying these principles happen uh, creates in business? Uh, I've got one recent um, from the beginning of this year. Um, massive backlog. We worked out um, that I think it's going to take the current staff with no new volumes coming in six months to clear the backlog. And it was a physical one. It was one where they were physically having to do work. Um, coming in from all over the country um, that was a typical chaotic firefighting completely uncontrollable backlog that was growing week on week the staff were disengaged um, high sickness rate high attrition with the temp staff and um, it became a big problem because uh, there were lots of timelines and if they didn't meet those timelines they would get charged um, fees which were pretty astronomical and not what you want to get hit in terms of business so um, I was brought in to support the transformation of the business unit and um, we are we've had some ups and downs because with the current crisis lots of the workers had to stop coming into the office so um, we've had to redesign new we've had to put in new processes fix the old ones I spent a lot of time with the leadership team coaching and, and working with them about what they wanted to achieve and um, we got some real quick hits at the beginning 
um, to help a little bit of technology, a little bit of um, new data to help drive better decisions. And, um, you know, we, we just did it. And we're just about, we're about four or five weeks from finishing, a um, little bit longer because of the virus, but it's, um, it's been an absolute transformation for them. Some of the pictures of the areas that we've sorted are absolutely amazing. And the best bit for me, I, th I think the senior leader who looked after that, their reaction before I started was the stick the head in the sand, unfortunately. And um, they are completely, completely transformed and I love it and are actually talking about how they can bring more work in because they're able to cope with it much better and we put in the right systems and data in place so that they can control their process and um, engage their people and continue and to improve even even when I go um, you know go off to my next my next client so that's that's one that's very recent that's been a complete mindset and business transformation that is absolutely incredible for our listeners and our viewers who are interested in learning more about what you do and how your principles can help them where is the best place for them to go um, so I've got a video and email series on sporting success secrets applied to business. Um, and there's a checklist on there on how to win in business with some sporting stories sprinkled in for good measure. So uh, for anyone that's interested, it's at www.strivechange.org forward slash shark VIP. And um, there's a, I've added in a couple of extras just for your listeners. So if anybody's interested, visit the website and um, I'll take care of you and see when I see you on the other side. Thank you very much. We greatly appreciate that. Again, that link is strivechange.org forward slash shark VIP. This has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Jenny Davis. Jenny, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. It's been great. Thanks everybody for watching or listening and we'll talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.